Welcome to the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson. Wife, mom blessed by adoption, Jesus freak, wonderluster, overcomer, encourager, and an intentional living coach for moms. If you've stumbled upon this podcast, you're likely a Christian mom who's seeking more peacefully productive days. And what does that mean when we put it together? Well, first and foremost, we're focused on the peace that surpasses understanding and the steadfast loving kindness that comes from our Father in heaven. Next, we're focused on being good stewards of all our gifts and resources that we have been given in this life. And next, we want to be productive members of our family and our home, as well as our community and the kingdom. So if that sounds like you, let's go dig into today's episode of the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. Hello, sisters. Welcome back to another episode of the Intentional Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Sasha Star Robertson, and today is another episode where I have my lovely husband, Robbie Robertson, here with me today. And so I'm going to also say hello, brothers, because as usual, when Robbie is on, I am asking you to share this episode with your husband uh, or go ahead and bring him on. Postpone this to a time where you guys can sit together and listen to this episode together because, again, we are sharing about marriage today. And the topic of this episode is that marriage is 100-100, not 50-50. And what spurred this on was primarily... The conversations that I keep hearing over and over and over again, whether it's in the Christian Wives Facebook groups, from friends, from clients, but along the gist of the lines that when I ask for help, coming from a wife, when I ask for help, my husband is resistant or he complains. He says, I work to pay for everything. I shouldn't have to help around the house. I shouldn't have to help with the kids. It's your, and I'm doing air quotes here, job as a wife and as a mom. And so I obviously share this with Robbie a lot because we do not have this relationship dynamic. And I share with him how my heart grieves for these women who um, are in relationships with men that are just so resistant to loving and helping out their spouses. So Robbie, any preface you have to this conversation today? Yeah, thanks for having me on the show today again. I love being here. Uh, I would just say to the guys, if your if your lady's sending this to you right now, or, or she wants to sit down and share this with you, uh, she's hurting a little bit. So, your husband, you know, take the time, have an open heart, have an open ear, and listen. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. Sasha tried coaching me at the beginning of this what to say, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, uh, I'll talk. Like, we're in this together. We can do this together. Um, just have an open ear, and take the time to be reflective, look back on yourself and ask yourself, am I serving my wife the best that I could ever be serving my wife? And I, if you, if you say yes, then great, man, good job. Call me. Uh, cause I, I'm not doing it well, not well enough. Anyways, I'm the biggest problem in my marriage. Um, but if you're a little bit more like me, which I'm guessing you might be, uh, this episode's, this episode's for us. Well, thank you for that. I don't know if I would say coaching you through what to say, but my preface is along the lines of something we talked about in one of our first episodes together and just a constant reminder that 
you're in your relationship together. It's the two of you. And a lot of times we can see a third person in the marriage, in the relationship. And we have to really pay attention of whether that third person is God or that third person is the enemy. And so in sharing this episode, our heart is that you could be aware of that and that, um, You can always be on the side of your marriage, on the side of righteousness, on the side of love instead of his side or her side, if that makes any sense. So um, we'll go ahead and dig right in. Is there any particular area you want to start with today? Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head right away with you're on the side of your marriage. And the the title to this episode is absolutely perfect, is that it's 100-100. It should not be 50-50. you know, in the same way that we pray, like it's up to God and work, like it's up to us, we need to pour into our marriages as if it were all up to us. Um, I think you had taken a note a while back that it's almost like we have to act as if we're the the single parents in everything. Um, and just kind of expand on the idea for a second. When I was in the military, we had additional duties. And it wasn't the only thing that you did, but it was stuff that you did. And we always had primaries and alternates and the primary is the person who like this is generally your job to do but the alternate is like this is also your responsibility this is for you to do too and if this fails you failed and everything in a marriage and in parenting is exactly the same yeah there are some things that okay it's it's typically one person's job over the other um if the trash doesn't get taken out that's not completely on the man if a diaper overflows because somebody didn't get to it, that's not completely on the mom. So speaking directly to guys, targeting us, all right, what does this mean for a guy? What's one thing that we all say, the heroic thing? I would go to the ends of the earth and I would die for my family. I would do anything for my family. I mean, we see it in all the movies and we see what John Wick has done for his dog. God bless the dog. And Uh, What most guys mean when they say those things is like, I would vanquish a dragon for you. I would take on a biker gang. Um, If a Terminator came in the house, like I would absolutely find a way to melt it with molten lava. That's not what we really need to be doing, guys. When we do, we are going to be doing anything for our families. We're going to be dying to ourselves, as it were. That means putting down the things that you're comfortable with and picking up stuff that needs to be done. This is something that I've personally worked diligently at. And if this is going to throw you under the bus, man, I'm really sorry. But I do the majority of the dishes in the house. I do a lot of the laundry. You're not supposed to tell people that. (laughs) I do a lot of the the laundry uh, and take the trash out. And I go to work 40 hours a week. I wake up with my kid in the middle of the night. And that's because I love my family. And that's the sacrifice that like, that's the sacrifice that's needed in that time. Yeah, I hear what you're saying completely. And I see what you do as well. And honestly, it's it's true. Like a lot of the times I'm like, stop doing the dishes. Like we are just two very different people, right? And I think that's a lot of marriages. It's two very different people coming together as one and trying to operate as one. And a lot of times we can focus on each other's differences and allow it to break us apart instead of focusing on each other's strengths and how we do have commonalities and allowing it to bring us together or allowing each other to serve in our different capacities and, and 
flowing into that. And so when Robbie's usually doing the dishes, like he's more the routine guy. He does the laundry once a week and it is like very typical for him. If it were up to me, I would do the laundry when I run out of clean underwear or run out of clean socks, which is not frequently. So maybe I need less clothes than I would do the laundry more frequently. But he is a very like clockwork routine guy. I do the all non-routines. And so we, we allow each other to live in each other's strengths like that. But going back to the whole dishes topic, like there are truly so many times and I'm like, where did this knife go? I was just using like he literally took the knife away from me when I set it down for a second to wash the knife for me to then go ahead and use it again. So sometimes I have to tell him when we're like trying to watch a movie or trying to play a game or do something as a family, like stop washing the dishes. And I would totally wash the dishes. I've actually been better about it this year. I'm in the habit of doing the dishes every night before I go to bed while he has gone at work so that I'm actually able to serve our family in that capacity. Because if there are dishes in the sink, if he sees dishes in the sink, he, it is his like just ingrained habit to do them. And I like had dishes as a chore when I was growing up. And so for me, it was always like a dishes, like a, a sink full of dishes and like lined up all along the counter. And it was like this huge thing where it took me an hour to do it. And like, that's just how my brain works. I'm the kind of person who wants to do things like once and spend a lot of work, a lot of time focusing on that one task and then moving on to the next one. So anyways, we're just very different. And I love that he brought this up because it's so very true and it's not bragging on, oh, this is what Robbie does, all the things, but it's it's just showing his character and how, like even times when I ask him, why are you doing all of this stuff? Like it is just his heart's desire to serve his family. In what ways can he help out to make it? So when we have time together, it can be time together as a family. And I love that you brought up the whole thing about like, pretending almost in a sense, not pretending, but like if you were a single parent, like what weight would you be lifting in the house? Or if you were just single, right? If you were just a single guy, like you would be doing all the things you would be going to work for your 40 hours a week. And then you would be coming home and doing all of your own laundry, cooking all of your own food, cleaning up after yourself or getting takeout every night or whatever else. And heaven forbid, like I'm not wishing this on anyone, but like if your wife was no longer here with you, if she had died today, like you would be a single parent taking care of your home and your kids and go to work. And so the the idea that your wife is the one that's supposed to be the only one to change all the diapers, the only one to cook all the food, the only one to clean up around the house is just like partially it's archaic. Like it goes back to times, I think, of war times from like when our fathers were raised by their fathers, like this was this. It was traditional. Yeah, it was traditional. It was the sexist divide in the relationship. And, and honestly, we can see a lot looking back at our fathers, like how scarred they were because they didn't have like true intimate relationship with their fathers because that was the kids were the mom's responsibility. And so I see a lot of dads today 
trying to fight against that, that like they don't even know how to be good dads sometimes because they didn't have good examples set for them by their fathers. They didn't have these close, intimate relationships with their fathers where their fathers would be willing to rock them to sleep, change their diapers, like have a heartfelt conversation with them, take care of their boo-boos and kiss them. Like, I don't know what else, what other examples would you throw into this category of like what a dad it comes down to a simple idea of being who your kids and who your wife need you to be in that time. Sometimes it is a call for you to be heroic and stand up and get in a fist fight with a guy. Sometimes it is called for to go out in the middle of a, a terrible weather night when a power line is down or water lines out and, and brave against, you know, the conditions to restore power, restore comfort, whatever, whatever you need to do to get into the house. Like those days are definitely called for, but they're not every day. You're called to serve your family every day. And you're kind of called to die to yourself, which that's the thing is most guys can swallow doing the, the rough and rugged stuff for whatever reason. Um, but when you're inside the warm house, changing the diaper that smells like hate, that one becomes a little bit more difficult for us to, to swallow as, as a concept. Um, there's a, I was listening to a podcast a while back and it was talking about different special forces and this is a little bit of a segue, but it's relevant. And I don't know if you guys knew this, but in, uh, the Australian special forces, every single person on the team is expected to perform at the same level. So what the youngest, most fit guy on the team is able to achieve the oldest, most experienced veteran, he has to be able to deliver at that level too. It's not like, well, you can, you know, I've got all my experience. So yeah, you can run a mile in four minutes. I can only run it in five and a half. No, you need to get it down to four minutes or you're not on the team anymore. And I think if we hold ourselves accountable uh, to that type of standard, if I, if I'm going to be in this home serving this family, I need to be getting up in the middle of the night 20 times with a sick child. I need to be able to sit there and rock them to sleep in a chair, which I've done. Um, and it's hard, like, dude, it sucks. It sucks so bad, but I'm, you, you have to be who they need you to be in that time. And you're, you're called to that, that higher standard. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times when we're talking about like marriage and like a Christian marriage. Right. And I, I say this because I feel like this is more common you see a lot of these like um, calls out by the wives, like, and I'm not saying calls out, like she's saying negative things against her husband. What she's doing is she's saying like, I am hurt and I feel unloved when, when wives are reaching out to their coaches, to their friends, to Facebook groups of women they don't even know asking, what should I do in this scenario? It's, it's Christian women a lot of the times, right? And I want you guys to know that when your wife asks you for help, it is not because she's lazy and it is not because she doesn't respect you. It is because she is burnt out. She is exhausted. And trust me, she doesn't want to ask you for help. 
There is something in a Christian woman that says, I should be taking care of all of these things. I should be a good steward of my home and be able to take care of my kids and all of these other things. But the thing is, you would not be expected to work your job 24-7. You would get exhausted, you would get tired, and you would get burnt out. And moms are moms 24-7. They don't get to clock out ever. So please allow your wives to clock out sometimes, even if that's just to go take a bath for an hour, even if that's just to watch your kids so she could go hang out with her girlfriends for an hour, or even if it's just allowing her to go to the bathroom by herself, or maybe have a night, a single night where she doesn't have to get up in the middle of the night or a day where she doesn't have to be the only one changing diapers all of day. Those things can go so far and it's just small acts of kindness for your wife. But I bring this up in that it's common in Christian marriages because I feel like a lot of people can read in Ephesians 5 where it says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and himself its Savior. Right? I think people read this and they see that wives should should submit to their husbands and And it's like, it's almost flips where it's taken on this role of like the wives are more so the slaves to the husbands where not just the husbands, but the home and the kids. It's like the wives are just there to serve and serve and serve and serve and serve and pour out. And I'm not saying that they're not, but I'm saying that they're not the only ones. And I, I compare or contrast, I guess you could say this verse to the one In Romans chapter 12, verse 10, it's talking about the marks of a true Christian, the marks of a true Christian. And it says, love one another with brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. Mm. God out bless one another. And I remember when our pastor was speaking about this and I was like, wow, that really resonated with me. And I think it resonated with Robbie too, because you'll see it a lot in our home now where it's like, oh, you don't have to do that. Oh, you didn't have to do that. And it's like, I know, but I wanted to. And so there are ways where he will serve our family or I will serve our family above and beyond expectation where like, I'll take the trash out, you know, primarily you would see that's a man's job or like, it's primarily a role that Robbie takes care of. It's such a bonus when you do that too. Yeah. Or, or there are things when like, he'll go ahead and take a poopy diaper and I'm like, oh, I could have got that. And, and it's just a way that we are just trying to like one up each other and how well we are showing up for each other and loving each other. And it goes so far in our marriage and in our home. And it's just amazing, beautiful thing. And the other scripture verse that I wanted to bring up was continuing on in this Ephesians 5 to Ephesians 5.25, where it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And Robbie kind of brought that up in the dying to self. But just a reminder that like, if your wife is asking for help. She's already drowning. Yeah. It's coming from a place where she doesn't want to ask you for help. And if you respond in a way that is like this entitled chip on your shoulder, you go make all the money. She should be the slave at home. Like you get to come home and unplug from work and disconnect and kick your feet up sometimes and and hang out with the guys or fantasy football or whatever else. Like, Which should be okay, just not 100% of the time. Yeah, not when she's on 100% of the time and you get to be off. Um, just to remember, it's about loving your wives, not 
having your wives be your slaves because then it tur- it flips around, right? The wives don't want to submit and honor you if they're feeling like they're not loved, right? And so it's it's reciprocal. Yeah, and ladies, I, I beg you, hear this. Um, your guy, I'm hoping, is gonna like hear this, and he's gonna he's gonna try. Um, if if you notice that he's trying, encourage him, um, and don't tell him he's not doing enough. And husbands, if you're giving it your best shot and you don't get it right the first time, just ask for grace. Uh, you guys might just be trying this as an as a new thing. You might be starting over again. I challenged one of my friends, uh, this is a couple of years ago now, and I'm not going to say that he's misogynistic, but he's very set in his ways. I challenged him this very thing that we're talking about today. And he said, I woke up every day this week and I changed the first diaper on my daughter every day this week. And while that may not have been groundbreaking or earth shattering, that was a huge step for him to do in order to like serve his wife. You can start small, um, but start. And then continue too, because I think some people can be like, oh yeah, I changed the first diaper every day for a whole week and then literally not change a diaper since then. Ooh, and that's actually, so we got to throw a warning up at that. Um, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus specifically, but there's a very important person in my life who he, uh, he's very big on performance service service where he went and did a thing because it was very visible that he was helping a group of people out and then he bragged about it afterwards and i don't know right where the scripture is but um six talking about the the pharisees essentially um i think it's the pharisees are in the streets bragging about um you know yeah, don't be in the streets bragging, and giving, giving, get, getting attention yeah. for the services that they've been doing, basically. Yeah, don't be in the streets bragging about how you did the dishes and changed some diapers this week. Um, th- that's that's missing the point here, because then you're only doing this for you. You're not doing it to ease the 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 load on your wife, mm. and it'll end up kind of being short lived. So it's got to be a heart change in in that way. And the last topic that I really want to bring up that I think is really important is like, consider the example that you're setting for others. And I mean, it could be others, younger married couples that you have in your midst, but it could also be for your children. The example that you're setting for your kids, like when we grow up and look at a marriage, we are getting the example of what marriages should look like. And if you are a husband who refuses to lift a single finger for your kids, nor your wife and expects your wife to be your servant, like in your servitude and essentially a slave to everything in the home, ask yourself, if this were my daughter, would I appreciate her husband for the way he is treating her? That's the right scope to be looking at it through. You wouldn't want your son to be treating a woman like that. You wouldn't want your daughter to be treated like that by a man. Um, it's just, yeah, like that. That's probably like the best measure. Like when you're looking at it, things through the scope of yourself, you kind of see it one way. But once you put it in perspective of your kids, man, that changes everything almost right away. So I think if you can view, try to view your marriage through the eyes of a parent looking in. And if you're like, ugh, could have done that better, 
do it better. Yeah. So any takeaways, any like, how do I apply this to my life? I feel like that's kind of what, what this whole episode was about, but anything big in the recap that you want to highlight? Yeah. Um, be self-aware on what you're doing well and what you're not doing well and be honest with yourself. And if you can make a change, which you can make that change and uh, be open to communication. So one way that I like to serve my family, like we talked about is like, I'd like to do the dishes and that's something I'm naturally okay with. Have the discussion with your wife. What's the thing that she needs the most help with? because if you just go off and do your own thing, um, that's how romantic just you think a romantic gesture is changing the oil in your wife's car. Uh, spoiler alert. It is not a romantic gesture to change the oil in your wife's car necessary, but not, not what she may, may have been looking for. Talk with each other. What's going to take the load off. And guess what? I'm willing to bet your wife's going to talk with you and Hey, I really appreciate this. What's something I can do to help make your life a little bit easier? What's something that you've been straining and struggling with? I had to go to work the other day and my wife had to finish shoveling snow outside, typically a guy's job. Well, everything got shoveled and we were able to get in and out of our driveway. Okay. It goes both ways. Um, but be the man, be the head of your family and take the first step. Yeah, I like that. And I think in, in focusing on you know, how do others receive love? If you're not familiar with, definitely check out the love languages, read the book, take the test, super quick and straightforward. And I think it really helps come into your marriage in a way that like Robbie and I were talking about this just the other day where he was saying acts of service as a way that he shows love. So by him doing the dishes or doing the laundry or whatever else, like that's a way he is showing me love naturally. And it might not be the way that I receive love. I might receive love by quality time, but he's over there doing the darn dishes and I'm not receiving love that way, but it's how he's giving it. And so now I'm able to understand, okay, if he's doing the dishes in place of spending time with me, it's his way of showing love. Same thing for me. I love showing love by giving gifts and he receives love with words of affirmation. And so me buying him a gift might not be the way that he's going to feel the most loved. But if I tell him like, wow, hey, I noticed you did X, Y, and Z, or you're so funny, or you're so handsome, or whatever else, like that's going to be a way that he receives love. So the love languages is a really great tool that you guys can use to bring that in and incorporate that into your life. And then my last kind of like takeaway um, or like point to bring up is I'm going to give you guys a good analogy. My friend just shared with us the other day, which I don't even know how I didn't know this because Reese's are my favorite, but she shared with us, I think she probably saw a TikTok about this, but she shared with us how to find the best Reese's at the store. Um, Reese's peanut butter cup, just take the package. And she said, just like put your thumb in it and squeeze it like really gently. And you can see how soft, like the peanut butter filling is on the inside of the Reese's. And so I bring up that analogy and bring it up towards your heart and just think about squeezing the perfectly ripe <laughs> Reese's and think about your heart in terms of that. Make sure your heart is soft when you're going into your marriage and trying these things and trying to love one another and outdo one another and love and brotherly affection and honor in your home. And that remember to keep your heart soft and receive 
those responses to how your spouse is going to feel loved or what your spouse can can benefit most from in the help that you're asking and and be soft in receiving that feedback and try not to take it as something that's against you but something that's going to help you be better for your marriage and your marriage to be better as well. And I just want to leave you all with this quote from Jimmy Evans. The best marriage in the world is two servants in love. The worst marriage in the world is two masters in love. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope that you take this away into your marriages, into your homes, into your families, because it can truly have generational impact. Thank you very much for having me on the show again. You guys all have the best day. Before you run, I have an announcement that I want to share with you all. I have partnered with my friend and client, Lindsay Kolova from Strengths Marriage to bring you guys a 14-day Pray for Your Husbands Challenge. This is going to take place in the Intentional Abundance community over on Facebook. So if you're not in that community, check the link in the show notes and get in there ASAP because March 1st, Tuesday, March 1st, we are going to be running this challenge, giving you scripture verses and prayer prompts on how to pray for your husband and asking you to do it every single day for 14 days. So if you've not heard of Lindsay and Strengths Marriage, I want to let you know she is here to assist you in functioning at the highest level possible in your life and marriage according to your strengths. She is here to help both you and your partner develop a greater awareness, which leads to acceptance and giving of grace in this journey that we are on together. So come jump in the community, pray for your husband for 14 days consecutively, and even take that on further. Get to know Lindsay more about her and what she does in stepping in to your marriage to help you guys just live in truly marriage abundance.